and welcome to Cast Out, a podcast about Fox's The Exorcist. I'm Des. And I'm Margo. And we're here to finally talk to you about episode four. The Movable Feast. Yeah. Uh, so, we don't have good excuses, no. although Margo did get a PS4, so that's been... <laughs> that's basically been it. Um, PlayStation 4. And I kind of got it for free. Yeah, you kind of did. You got, I like, an employee rewards program yeah. thing. So. so I, like, paid taxes on it. And the money was mine, but the money was never in my bank account. It was all in, like, points. So therefore, it's like I didn't spend money on it, and I got it for free. But also, I did technically pay for it. Sure. But it doesn't we'll go like with it. that. Um, it's shiny. I play it. It's fun. Yeah. Kingdom Hearts, y'all. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, uh, I actually have, like, a little story that I thought, like, I wasn't sure if I wanted to insert it anywhere or uh, if I should just start with it. And I might just start with it because it doesn't really have anything to do with the show per se. Okay. It's, uh, I, I was looking up, like, we, we, we took a break after watching the episode and we started, like, Googling things and mm-hmm. looking up history and relevant bits about exorcisms and whatnots. And I found this article... Do. From the Washington Post. Mm-hmm. Um, hold, and, uh, one second, sorry. No. Beep boop bop. Uh, it's from, like, 2014 by Anthony Fayola. Okay. Uh, a modern pope gets old school on the devil. <laughs> right, so, this is about the current Pope Francis, but there's this moment in this, like, article, mm-hmm. right, and he's, he's talking to... I don't know, he's not talking to a priest, he's, like, at a conference, and this priest, like, says something. Okay. And, uh, oh, here it is. It's a convention on exorcism. Okay. So, okay. all these academics or, or priests... Yeah, 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 yeah. ...are they're, coming they're together. They're coming together to talk about exorcisms. Did they bring, like, a demon along? So, hey, guys, this is how you do it. No! <laughs> um, but it says, during the conference, the reference... Uh, Cesar Truki, an exorcist based in Switzerland, recounted Switzerland. Mm-hmm. recounted one experience he had aboard a Swiss air flight. Oh boy. Two lesbians, he said, had sat behind him on the plane. Soon afterward, he said, he felt Satan's presence. As he silently sought to repel the evil spirit through prayer, one of the women, he said, began growling demonically and threw chocolates at his head. Asked how he knew the woman was possessed, he said that once you hear a satanic growl, you never forget it. It's like smelling margarita pizza for the first time. It's something you never forget. Can you imagine just being this lesbian couple on a Swiss air flight, minding your own damn business, and some Catholic priest is like the devil, oh my praying God. against the devil in you, and you throw chocolates at him, and he's like, yeah, she's possessed. No, that was exactly what I would do. And, like, it's a shame, because I've been on Swiss airlines, and, like, I like Swiss airlines, um, and their chocolates are actually pretty good, but I would absolutely waste them for that. Waste them on some jerk-ass priest. Yeah. For, yeah. like, the throwing. I wouldn't give it to him, but, like, chuck it No, no, just him. chuck it out Just chuck him. Yeah. She de- growls demonically. Like, of course she growls demonically. You're, like, being fucking asshole. Yeah. yeah. That, too. Both, both. Same time. Well, that's an infuriating way to start off the day. <laughs> no, but I just, like... I know. I, I was so amused by the way that this <laughs> priest had interpreted a woman like pissed at, pissed him, at him and throwing chocolates at his head because he's being a jackass like 
Mm-hmm. What a wonder. What, what a hilarious like worldview, right? Like, what kind of stupid goggles do you have? Um, it's funny because that kind of ties in because some of the reading I was doing um, between the episode will come up later. Mm-hmm. It's just talking about how historically women have been um, the focus of exorcism throughout the history of the church and, you know, women being more inclined to evil or, you know, temptation from Satan. Um, and so I'm just kind of like, yeah, man, it's a worldview of misogyny out there. Well, and a lot of it, it's like, it's deeply fascinating when you Mm -hmm. get into like medieval and like Baroque Renaissance, Mm -hmm. Like, this, like, the eras of, like, from the Middle Ages to, like, Reformation and Counter-Reformation mm-hmm. and witch hunts, you get this, like, really great concept of, like, and I mean great, not, like, I personally it's enjoy it, but it's fascinating. Yeah. You get this weird concept where, like, simultaneously women are super powerful and super dangerous and super evil. And yet completely out of control. Of and, and own... well, completely out of control, but then also totally helpless and can't do anything for themselves <laughs> and are incapable of absolutely anything. Right. Because it doesn't have to be logical because it's just being... Misogynist. Assault. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, anyway, I think... So that was my story. It. No, it's a good story. I think... So these topics will end up rounding back around to a little bit later. Because, sure. um, like I said, those were notes I had for later. But, hey, I guess. Oops. What's linear time? What's anything? I don't know. Do you want to get started? Um, I don't. I didn't look up the, like, episode title at all. I, I already said it's the movable feast. No, but I don't know what the movable feast means. It's a reference to a piece of dialogue that happens in the film, in, in the actual, uh... Oh, okay. Yeah, so, so, yeah, it is part of the discussion that happens. So we'll get to that. Okay. I think the funniest part, uh, for us getting back onto this watch watching this like I was grabbing some food while the recap for the last episode played and I walked in and we have the subtitles on right mm-hmm. and it's flashing back to that where we left off with Casey going like that Tanya Harding on this guy <laughs> or worse that's a little bit extra that's a little bit more than a Tanya Harding is it Tonya Harding? Tonya excuse me whatever <laughs> Tonya Harding um no for for reference, like, mm-hmm. two or three days ago, you were uh-huh. like, who's Tonya Harding? <laughs> I know. And I'm like, it's literally in the Fall Out Boy song you're singing about all the time when they're saying, like, they're gonna yeah, go Tonya Harding <laughs> on the whole world's knee, and, and you still have no idea who she is, because we were naming ice skaters. I know who she is now, and, like, ever since that point, I've heard, like, 50 additional references, and I'm like, did I just miss everyone? Yes, because I, Tonya came out this year. Oh. The movie about her. Oh, that would be it. Yeah. That would be the reason. I understand. It was Margot now. Robbie as, as Tonya oh. Harding. And then Sebastian Stan was, like, the guy. I don't know that I've seen any movies this year aside from Black Panther and Star Wars. Star Wars was last year. No, but I saw it again this year. Oh, okay. That's fair. You gotta remember, I saw it, like, four times. Five times? I don't you know. saw it many times. I saw it many times with many people. Yeah. I can We're not going to talk about Star Wars okay. on this one, so okay. let's just move, move on. on. Okay, so anyway, as I was saying, I was really excited um, because 
the screen caps were like, it's Henry. And I was like, we were right about his name. Oh, God bless. So, yeah, now we know for sure that his name is Henry Rance. We got it, guys. We're good. We think we remember finally. Yeah, who knows? It might change between this episode and the next. It might turn out to be Harry Rance. Listen, if we don't record the next episode in the next, like, three weeks, then I won't be surprised if I forget his name again. (laughs) Well, hopefully it'll be in the the recaps. Yeah. Okay. So anyway. Uh, My first note was Dead Bird Omelette. God, okay, yeah, so it was really funny, because I was noticing this very CGI. Yeah, it was very CGI, but it was funny, because I didn't quite remember where this episode started, but then it opened up, and everything was so saturated, I was like, oh, it's a dream, because we don't get Suddenly there's color! (laughs) Suddenly there's color! That's Uh, weird. I can see things, not everything is completely hidden by shadow. It's not all, like, a dingy blue overcast look. Right, like... It, it was good. I I realized that I could actually really go for a really bright colored um, supernatural like horror show, like for it to be so completely at odds with the. I feel uh, like it's useful in small doses, but mm-hmm. I feel like genuinely, if someone gave you that, you wouldn't like it. Maybe it would feel off, like in a bad way, not in a good or interesting way. It would okay. get annoying. Maybe because that's not like. It's, like, basic rules of, like, cinematography to not do that. I know. But I wouldn't mind fucking with it anyway. Just to see. I guess. <laughs> I'm sure there. I'm sure we can find something that did that, but it probably isn't that good. Yeah, it'd probably have to be, like, a comedy. Horror comedy. Yeah, it's just not. But it's not gonna do that. That's no. fair. Yeah, so Casey is clearly having this dream where it starts off... Like, it should be all normal. Like, oh, what? Her mom is making her breakfast. Um, And yes, it's horror chicken omelet. Horror chicken omelet. Well, the thing (laughs) is, is like, even even though her mom is making her breakfast, she's still like, why are you cooking? Like, Mm -hmm. you don't do this. Right. So, I mean, she still identifies it as, like, wrong in her head. And, like, her dad says some weird stuff about... Um, oh, he's doing his job. Is, yeah, and not everyone can be a swan, and Kat's just there being a ballerina, stretching out at the table in her, like, shoes, and yeah, ballerina get up, and that's when awful thing gets, th- it's all very much like, oh, look, these are all of Casey's insecurities. Yeah. Um, being said to her out loud. Yeah. Um, and, and then, then Demon Guy shows up and is like, See what you made me do. And right. then I was like, wow, stop, calm down, Taylor Swift. <laughs> I do not care. Right. And I think it was interesting, though, because, you know, he was trying to get her to, like, eat the grossness and, you know. And then just, her, like, foot got her, like, her feet all were, like, down. And she yeah. really identifies, like, this isn't what you said it would be. Like, um, like, it starts really emphasizing the point where. Casey was clearly tricked into it, but now she's being cornered into it. Yeah. Um, and then when she wakes up, she's, uh... Screaming in the hospital. She's under a 72-hour psychiatric cold. Mm, 5150, yeah. Yeah. Um, so that sucks. (laughs) Um, and Angela is not very happy about this. Meanwhile, Kat is like... Appropriately horrified and handling it well, being an adult about it. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna get us coffee. There's nothing we can do right now. Like, she needs the treatment. <laughs> yeah. 
honestly, I, I just feel so bad for Kat because she's the only grown-up in the room. <laughs> yeah. I mean, okay. It, it's funny because, like, I understand, like, Henry. Like, Henry is kind of in that middle ground where... He's, he's a little he, impaired, which he's a little not impaired. his fault. It's not his fault. No. Um, and also, he just saw Casey, like, yeah, he's also this guy to shreds after having a medical event. Um, and Angela's just freaking out, like, she's like, you don't understand, like, um, and what I found interesting, too, was, like, her complaint, too, about, oh, but this hospital, like, why did you take her to this hospital? It was the closest one on the train. Right, but I found it was- such a snob. What, yeah, because what I found interesting, too, was, like, how in the background, like, the only other patients you see were not white. They're not in focus, but it's definitely comes off as a very- it's a- Classist, racist thing that she's upset <laughs> yeah. that her daughter is at a lesser mm-hmm. hospital as opposed to, like, mm-hmm. you know, whatever fancy yeah. university hospitals they might have. True. And I think it's very deliberate because it could also be framed as, like, she still thinks Casey is possessed. I mean, she is possessed. And she's like, why are you and did you come to a hospital at all? But it's definitely more heavily weighted towards, no, it's definitely that yeah um and then marcus has traveled yeah he's back in town to talk to the abbess mother bernadette yes and the nun at the door is hilarious i love her (laughs) yes um and he's very like annoyed to find out that the abbess that he has been sent to has a vow of silence well he immediately asks for her hour of respite and i realized Mm -hmm. finally that if you do take an a vow of silence, you actually do get an hour of respite every yeah. day so you don't go insane. Yeah. I always just thought that, like... You were just stuck. You had to be quiet the whole the whole time. Yeah. I didn't know that you were allowed to still talk. Mm-hmm. Occasionally. Oh, man. What? I don't know. I just, like... It, the idea of doing that is horrifying to me. Yeah. Um, I can't shut up. <laughs> so... I don't think that would ever work for me. Probably not. No. Um, but yeah, so he is instructed to wait in the garden. Um, yeah. And there's a lot of cutting back and forth in this, like, first half of, Well, I think throughout the entire episode. Like, I was yeah. noticing there's a lot more changing of scenes. Mm-hmm. Probably because a lot of the major characters are... In different places. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's not till the end that they start really interacting again. Yeah. Um... Like we do get we we get the mention of the fact that like how does Marcus know um, Bennett? And the answer mm-hmm. is he got excommunicated by Bennett because he threatened him with a gun. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. And I I think it's very interesting because and this will come up later the idea of like well technically Catholicism relies on this idea that like you are granted like, X amount of power mm-hmm. based on your role in the Catholic Church. Yeah. As opposed to just via God. Yes. And so with his excommunication, that should technically, like, if you were holding by, like, Catholic theology, one assumes that does technically take away everything from you. Yeah. But yeah. it it's it doesn't seem like that's the end for Marcus. Right. No, it's funny, because in that book... Like I said, I was reading this book. What was it called again? It was like the history of exorcism in Catholic uh, Catholicism or something yeah. like that. Or yeah. 
or Catholic Christianity, something like that. Um, and I could only read the Google uh, preview. Yeah. Um, because the book is like a hundred dollars, and it's it's in the library. I could check it out, but yeah. That place, it's snowing out right now, yeah. so we're not going anywhere. I'm not going to the library. No, we are sitting inside. Library is probably closed. The weather is possessed. True. <laughs> um, but it was kind of talking about like that tension between the idea of um, exorcism and like spiritual acts like originally kind of being perceived in Christian tradition as being something that like especially holy men and women individuals would do. Yeah. Um, and that's how you got like artifacts and oh, what are they called? You like know? relics? Yeah, like relics like from those people who had that special power and how it gradually evolved into an idea that hypothetically everyone who was a priest who could do it and it's a matter of like church station. Yeah. Um, and, and the power of the church rather than individuals who are imbued with some special power. Right. But, like, is that is that just, like, a transition from, like, the idea of, like, a saint versus, mm-hmm. like, someone who is specifically within the hierarchy? Because... Right, like, it transitioned, like, where, I guess the idea was, like, in the early days of the church and like I said I didn't get to read too much into this no no I know but you know but it was the idea of you know there's certain people who have that power and now it's more of a formalized like position now where if you're a priest you have it in like the catholic tradition but then compare that to a lot more of the protestant yeah uh, I don't even know how they like they don't seem to have like a hierarchy for that no like like Freaking anyone can do it. Yes. Which is weird. Yes. Um, it's kind of like the idea that we're, like, a lot of the Protestant ideas that, you know, everyone is a saint, um, and everyone could theoretically call upon this power. It's going to vary from denomination to de- denomination. Yeah, right, right, right. But it's, it's definitely more prevalent that literally everyone can do it. So it went from, like, the progression in the early church of, you know, these certain special blessed people have the ability to do it to every priest gradually or, or right. people who are priests in the Catholic tradition, I guess can be trained in it, can be trained in it and have the authority to do so to probably more modern day in certain Christian sp- circles that everyone who has the Holy spirit and is saved could theoretically have this gift. <laughs> How do you know if someone has the Holy spirit? <laughs> That is, is there a, a litmus great... test? <laughs> there should be. Like, hey, put this in your mouth. If it comes out green, then hey, you got it. And if you throw a witch in the water and she drowns, she wasn't a witch at all. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, I ask that kind of seriously because I think that's also equally important to how do you know if someone's really possessed? Yeah. Right? How do you know if someone, quote unquote, has the Holy Spirit versus the demonic one? Mm-hmm. And I think there's... Because that remember comes up with, like, Joan of Arc, right? Yeah, no, like, there there should be a process of testing. Like, hey, like, if this person makes a claim, like, say they have visions. Like, if they say, oh, this, I had this vision, well, how can we fact check that? Does it actually come true? Like, right. what truth does it reveal? And you don't necessarily, you shouldn't necessarily assume that someone says, oh, I have a vision that, oh, they are a person with, like, this gift of the Holy Spirit. Right. And, 
there is supposed to be... And s- because I would you're not to supposed to trust soothsayers. Right. But soothsaying and the having of visions... In, are in, technically not the same thing. They're technically not considered the same thing. Right. And then nowadays, well, in, in different traditions, like, mm-hmm. there's also the fact that prophecies mm-hmm. are sometimes prophecies, okay. Yeah. yeah. But also that would be different from having a vision, which is also different from soothsaying. Right. Or divination, which is bad. Yes. Hold on. I'm, like, Googling. Yeah, you Google that. Spirit. So what I think is really uh-huh. interesting is I know that, like, in Judaism, obviously, the idea that someone is a prophet is, like, that time period is now over. Mm-hmm. There's just no more prophets. Right. Right? Um, because you have to be voted upon to have... <laughs> right? Like, everyone... Uh, like, the uh-huh. entire court, I think? Uh, mm-hmm. Don't quote me on this, because I, I don't really remember the exact specifics, but I think the um, the court of, like, 60 people have to agree that you are indeed a prophet and that mm-hmm. court no longer exists because the temple doesn't exist, so it's not like there can be a prophet anymore. Right. And to get, like, 60 Jewish people to agree on anything, especially that you're in, like, special communique with, like, God him- themselves mm-hmm. is uh, a little interesting, but... Yeah. It's... It's different, especially, obviously, in... Christian traditions right. because there are more prophets. That's true. Yeah. So the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit are wisdom, understanding, counsel, fortitude, knowledge, pi- piety? piety, piety. I was like, shit. One of those words I never say out loud. Piety. It was one or the other. Um, because they're pious. Fe- yeah. That's how pious. I remember Thank it. you. Um, in fear of the Lord. And it's funny because definitely in the way that those are interpreted as gifts definitely uh, in are wildly varied. <laughs> exactly. Can I just say something? So yesterday, another story time here. Yesterday, okay. um, I went to synagogue for like adult ed classes because mm-hmm. there was one that I was particularly interested in. It was called Demons, Divics, and Golems. Okay. Uh, so that's what I did last night. Oh my God. Why didn't you tell me? Because uh, I was saving it for this. Okay, fair. God. <laughs> I feel so lied to. Go I'm ahead. sorry. Um, so <laughs> I basically I take the bus. I have to get off at this like intersection, and then I walk like I don't know five minutes from the intersection to another intersection, and then that's where my synagogue is. But on the way there, like in between those two intersections, I have to pass the church, and the church's sign says, um, "Trust in Jesus," like trust in Jesus, not in your own wisdom, okay, or something. And I was like. No, like it was like trust in God, not in your your own wisdom. And I was like, no, no, don't, don't. God said, don't eat Tide Pods. <laughs> We're clear about that, right? Did God have to tell you specifically, or can your own wisdom for that be enough? Oh, God, I'm like, how do you like uh-huh. when you said that wisdom is like one of the traits of like having the Holy Spirit? <laughs> Apparently not, if you ask that church. Oh, let's see. I think there's just like such like wild misinterpretations of, like, scripture. So I'm, like, wondering if it's, like, you know, lean not on your own understanding for certain things, but also, like, no, we have to approach... There's, like, that balance and tension between, like, okay, listen, there's only so far that my understanding of... The The world world stretches. The world stretches. And if I was just looking around me, I might say, yeah, there's just... No, this, this could really well be it. And for me to say, you know, I do believe that there's a God and, you know, that's 
like a f- the faith thing, you know, like sure, sure, I guess. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, that's that. Do you think they were? Do you think they there. were trying to in, uh, like reinterpret Lean not on your own understanding? That's like a scriptural think, thing, right? Yeah, like, I think it's that sounded like I I, I like <laughs> literally stopped for a full moment because I was early, right? Yeah, because um, I was taking a bus. I was like, I can either be kind of maybe right on time or late, or I could be like thirty minutes early, and I chose thirty minutes early, and I'm like mm-hmm. stopping there on my walk, and I was like, what? What does this actually mean you know theologically? <laughs> I think the problem is like with a lot of like Christian signs and stuff is like they're referencing and putting out things that are kind of like in jokes or in references. Like you got to be kind it's like of a already sticker. in the no- Yeah, it's like a bumper sticker. But you're like, no, you are out in public. Like if you see these things and people who have no fucking clue what you're talking about or referencing see it. What are they going to think this means? Like, take a step back and um, think about it. Yeah. I yeah. was just kind of like, what? I, I, it was, it was alarming to me. Because, like, <laughs> literally, like, one of the first thoughts I had was, like, God said don't eat Tide Pods. Just in case you weren't sure. Yeah. Like, I know that wasn't in the list of what was safe and clean to eat and what was unclean to eat, but I'm adding it in right now just for you. <laughs> Yeah. Um, it's like, it's like a song. Oh no, it's a proverb. Okay. Like trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding and all your ways submit to him and he will make your path straight. But, uh, but just so we know that like the Bible itself has lots of people who don't submit to the Lord (laughs) and they turned out mostly okay. (laughs) Just so we're clear. Right. Yeah, like, I mean, really, because, like, the next verse after I just read that is, like, do not be wise in your own eyes, in your own eyes. Like, it's more of a, like, don't be so caught up in your, like, I know everything, um, and I'm infallible. Refuse to learn. That you refuse to learn, that you refuse to be open to, uh... More ideas? More ideas, we'll say. Yeah. I, um, so so that church played themselves? Is that what I'm getting from? I, yeah, I think that they literally did not just take a step back and think, okay, if I am not a member of this church and I have never read the Bible, what the fuck does this mean? I wish more people in general would go with that. Exactly. Like, that's a just, that's not just a church rule, that's a, that's like, everyone, life. like, if no one, like, if no one has any context... What are you saying? Yeah. Because if you can only understand it in a context, then maybe use something else for your catchy slogan. Exactly. So that was, uh, that was part of my digression. Did you also know that there's, like, an exorcist for every diocese in the Catholic no, Church? I didn't actually know that. So there's, that. like, three to four hundred, I think? Maybe huh. six hundred? It's less than a thousand exorcists okay. in the world. And every, every like, major diocese has at least one person who is capable yeah. of an exorcism. <laughs> Whether or not they actually perform exorcisms in their daily life, uh-huh. I don't know. And for anyone who's doubting me, it's actually in the New Testament. Like, hey, like, there's actually this thing. This this verse is like, you know, set your, be as shrewd as snakes and innocent as doves. So many people forget, be fucking shrewd and think about... Like, what the fuck? You know, be smart. What you're doing. Don't be so innocent that you're just fucking naive. <laughs> okay. Fair anyway, enough. You know? Yeah. I'm probably taking that a little bit out of context, but don't at, 
me. <laughs> don't at me. Bro. Like, like you're the one who runs the Twitter. I run the Twitter. <laughs> don't at me. Listen. Anyway, so uh, back to the episode. Um, um, so I think we're talking about, okay, so Tomas eventually comes to the hospital. Um, Henry yeah. is shaken. Um, Angela is very upset. And she's talking about how, like, she, they need to get Casey out of there. The honestly, longer she's here, the more it'll fester. Yeah, honestly, that whole, like, Tomas shows up, Henry's shaken, Angela's upset. That pretty much covers the whole episode. Right? For their like, half of the plot line. It really is true. And I think, like, the most thing is, the most pertinent thing about that particular interaction is it starts out with, like, Tomas is like, well, like, my hands are tied. They've told me not to. I can't officially do anything for you. Right. He gets to that after Angela keeps pushing. Like, what use are you? Like, why are you even here if you can't help me? And he's finally just like, you know what? I can't do anything official. And she's like, but. Unofficially? Yeah. And you're just like, oh, Tomas, you, he's, he's going for it. Well, um, then we switch back to Marcus. In the garden. The Um, garden, asleep on the bench. And the Not yet, actually. That's, a, there's Are a couple, sure? yeah, no, he's still in the garden, just chilling, it's not, it's, like, dark, um, and he's, like, checking the, like, foliage, just, like, looking at the, uh, berries and the flowers and stuff, and then, oh, okay. you know, Bernadette, uh, you, you eventually gather that this is, uh, the abbess, the abbess, Mother Bernadette, um, but she's got, like, this cut on her cheek, and she just keeps walking, and he follows, can I, can I say something real quick? Yeah. The word abbess and abbot, like, I know they're real words. Mm-hmm. I know, like, what they are and what that means vaguely. Okay. I know what an abbey is. All of my associations, literally all of them, have to do with Redwall. So all I can picture are little furry characters. <laughs> they're mice, they're badgers, they're, like, rodent things. I don't know. They're, like, bunny rabbits, and they all have these grand, glorious feasts. You know, and you're saying this, and now someone's gonna go write an exorcist furry AU, and it's gonna be on you. Do you know? But if it's written in the style of Redwall, I don't mind. <laughs> did yeah, you ever read those? I didn't. I tried, and it just didn't work for me at the time. They're like, just, when I was nine. They're, like, they're not... I don't really remember any of the plots, but mm-hmm. you never read them for the plots. You read them for their description of food. That's fair. They just have these wonderful, like, little mice feasts with badgers. Okay, so if you do want to write this for us, you can add us about that. (laughs) Well, (laughs) all right. Give Desi the furry AU with food she deserves. But it has to be, like, G-rated, okay? Yeah. Like, I want the nice G-rated, like, or... Maybe it's PG. I mean, it was Redwall. I'm sure, like all the other mice stories, there's some horrific rat thing mm-hmm. and they all die, and who knows. Yeah. But I want it to be cute, and there's gonna be mead, okay? I could go with some mead. I wonder if the liquor store is still open. It might be. Yeah, we have wine. It would be a great day for day drinking. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, um, we have wine. I have Manischewitz. <laughs> I also have really good whiskey. I <laughs> you disagree because okay, I'm fine. not really into. I just can't. I rarely do. So anyway, um, brief flashback to the hospital. Uh, Casey's been evaluated by the psych lady. Her self-inflicted genital wounds are brought up. Are brought up, which is horrifying. They ask if like the family has a history of schizophrenia or mental illness or mil- mental yeah. illness, which. 
I feel like there could have been an honest answer there, but, <laughs> you know, anyway, let's move on. Yeah. Like I said, it's just jumping back and forth a lot. Yeah. Um, but it goes right back to Marcus, who has followed Bernadette, and um, the younger nun who turned him away to the garden to just wait, like, early that morning is just like, okay, you can just stay here and watch, like, keep yeah. back. And we see... Um, the nuns are in a circle singing, and there is a possessed man at the center of the circle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are invoking Mary as part of it. Um, and It's all very feminine healing. Yeah, because it's all about, like, like, Bernadette's in the center of the circle. Like, they release the possessed man's bonds and like he attacks her but she keeps getting up and trying to hug him which is just like it's a, it's very funny because she just has like her like her hands out in front of her yeah like, gently like let me clasp your <laughs> head like an auntie it, it reminds me of like when you do the slow approach when like we're trying to catch clady to take her to the vet like yeah. you get her cornered and then you just kind of like casually. okay casually slowly like she's hungering now like no i'm gonna go that way no you're like no 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 my hands are out here mm-hmm. i'm gonna catch you um and it's all like, uh, yeah, it's all just kind of like very soft and singing and um, changing lightly and slowly. Angel, you are loved, sort of stuff. Um, Which don't get me wrong, I really appreciate this like idea that like maybe you don't have to scream at people because they're possessed. Right? No, like that there are possible other ways um, that are effective to calm and free from possession. But yeah, so after uh, the demon quiets, Marcus gets ushered out. Um, And then he sleeps on a bench. Yeah, he sleeps on a bench. He wakes up the next morning to like... Find Rigo. Yeah, he's like, no. He, the the young man is like, you need to leave. Your your presence is undesired. We need to do some gardening. Get out. Yes. I love it. You look like a hobo. Please leave. So <laughs> harsh. Can yeah. you give him a place to shower? <laughs> right. Um, so yeah, he refers back to the list that Bennett gave him of potential contacts and goes to find um Rigo. Rigo. Um, then it switches back to Casey and the demon. Yeah. He mentions their dark dance. God, yeah. And she's just like, you tricked me. Is this the one where, like, the, the nurse, nurse lady. is trying yeah, to... Yeah, I think so. Like, she's trying to sweet, insert like, an nice, IV. Yeah, she's trying to insert the IV and... Can't find her vein. And can't find her vein because you can see the demon, like, squeezing her arm yeah. to, like, block the blood flow, I guess. Yeah, and make it harder to find. Make it harder to find. Yeah, I guess like if there's like not circulation coming, I don't know. I don't know what the law. It was just magic. It was magic. It was magic. That's the answer. Yeah, and he's just basically telling Casey that she, he's gonna keep torturing her um, until she says yes. Yeah. Um, t- and stops resisting his control, which is fun. Um, back to Marcus murder tour. Right, um, they're talking about H.H. Holmes, who is supposedly one of Chicago's most notorious and prolific serial killers. Mm -hmm. He basically owned this, like, 
giant hotel thing. It was like a murder castle. Oh God. Um. So he, I think like he was, he was definitely like a scammer. Okay. Um. He definitely scammed a lot of people out of money. Um, but then he, like, also owned this, like, castle hotel thing during the World's Fair exposition in Chicago. Okay. Um, and people would just go missing. Oh. And I, I think the sort of explanation is that his hotel was set up so that he could just murder people as he pleased. Well. Yeah. That's exciting. And because there was, there were, like, thousands upon, there were so many people in the city at that time that really, like, a couple people from... Out of town, out of country, who's going to notice that they've gone missing, you yeah. know? And if he has their papers, then you don't really know what happened. There's lots of really cool story. He, I mean, he's, <laughs> all, he's so popular that at this point I'm just like, I've heard enough. Yeah. But, you know, Google, like, H.H. Holmes and you'll find 10 million people talking about him. Exactly. Um, I'm not actually sure he murdered as many people as people think he did. Okay. But the end. That's interesting. Yeah, it, the, I think the point of the scene is, you know, you see the, the tour guide and the driver, like, sniping back and forth. It's, like, the most... Marrieds. Marrieds, like, cranky marrieds uh, sort of antagonistic tour, tour guide you've ever seen. And Marcus mm-hmm. interrupts and start asking questions about... Um, H.H. H. Holmes and whether or not he took their organs. Yeah. Ritual mutilations yeah. is, I think, the word he used. Um, they're just like, excuse you, questions at the end, motherfucker. <laughs> um, so it's, it's pretty entertaining. It was it was some nice levity after... I also love, the... though, like, the person who's like, oh, I read that book, The, the Devil in the White City or whatever, and they're like, of course you did. Shh. Yeah. Yeah. That is a that is the book that most people have read about him. Got really famous. Yeah, I think my grandma read it before she like passed. Like when she still had pretty good vision, mm-hmm. that was one of the books she read. She really liked. Oh, good to know. She really liked historical books. So okay, that was like one of the few areas of overlap. We liked the weird <laughs> medical stuff and uh-huh. occasional true crime. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that makes sense since we all went to uh, what's it called, the one museum in oh Philly. the Luder Museum. Yeah. Yeah. That's fun. Horrifying, but fun. My mom liked it, too. (laughs) Okay, so Angela retreats to the chapel in the hospital. Uh, She says, you know, 36 hours to go. What was she wiping off her sleeve? I don't know. She's, like, wiping something off her sleeve in that moment, and then Henry walks in. I don't know. I feel like it was a detail I should have, like, known had something to do with something, but I couldn't figure it out. I thought it was more of, like, a reference, because eventually in the scene, like... Henry is kind of trying to talk into, hey, like, maybe we should go home, sleep, change. I thought it was more just like a thing of, they've been here, like, it's probably a day, day and, you know, something unknown got onto her clothing, and it's more like just a, they're not clean, they're not, like, in a good, happy place. Um, So she's just kind of trying to pull herself together in that moment. Yeah. Um. Henry tells this story about how they went on a road trip to Maine, and he remembers Casey briefly disappeared, and he couldn't find her, and he found her next to the freeway at this restaurant picking flowers, and how that was, like, the most scared he'd ever been until the previous night. Um, and kind of asserts his belief, like, you know, that wasn't Casey, and however you want to proceed, 
including up to exorcism, I'm with you. Yeah. Which, <sighs> sure a thing. Sure a thing. Which you're just kind of like, you know, like we were talking about how, he, you know, he seems like he's in a better position than he was in episode one. Like, yeah. he's got more coherence to him more frequently than he was originally introduced with. Yeah. Um, slowly improving. Yeah. But you still wonder, like, how much of his judgment is compromised and how much of it is, like, due to the trauma of what he just saw. Right, right, right. Um, and then it goes on to Tomas and Maria talking. Yeah. Yeah, Maria Walters. She's just so uncanny. She freaks me out, man, so much. So, so much. It's like her eyes, like when she smiles, it never reaches her eyes. That's a really good acting thing. Yeah. It's like the reverse smiles. Yeah. (laughs) Instead of smiling with your eyes and not your mouth, it's like smiling with your mouth and not your eyes. Yeah. It's like, have you ever just tried to like make your face like expressionless and like, you know, you have to like loosen up like your Mm -hmm. forehead and just let it hang there? Um, and then do things with your mouth and never move your eyebrows. Like, that's kind of how I almost feel she's acting. Yeah. <laughs> and then Tomas's nephew is there, and he sees the her husband. He's, like, on a bunch of... Respirator. Yeah, that's the word for it. <laughs> he, like, takes out the off the mask and just his is like, tongue, ah. His tongue is out. Yeah, and he just kind of, like, out. grunts at him. Yes. Like, yeah, that's horrifying for a small child. Right, like... Why, why are you just wandering around this stranger's house? You know better. Yeah. I guess, I don't know if it's ever really explained. Like, they say her husband has cancer. Yeah. But I don't know if I believe it, but I don't know what's It's a metaphorical cancer. The cancer is demons. The cancer is demons. <laughs> <sighs> to be fair, don't smoke your demons. Yeah. Um, fair enough. Yeah, and it's so funny because Tomas basically tells Maria that he wants to go over um, Egan. What was Egan again? Like the arch- Bishop? Art- no, he wants to go. Oh, well, Bishop, Bishop yeah. Yeah, he, he wants, wants to, to go to the Cardinal. cardinal. Um, and he wants to go over the Bishop's head. And <laughs> she's like, ooh, devious father. I mean that as a compliment. And then she's like, but I much respect the church. And I'm like... I I feel like this entire show is really, like, a show about why they show writers don't like Catholicism for various reasons. Like, the, oh, yeah. the, premise of, like the premise of, like, an exorcism, something they seem to be really on board with, the ritual of the exorcism, really on board with, but that guy got excommunicated? Don't worry, he could still exorcise people, probably. You know, like... <laughs> Maria Walters is, like, Catholic, and then that's not good, and (laughs) possibly the only person who seems, uh, less morally corrupt corrupt is Bennett. Bless Bennett. Yeah. Bennett just doesn't have time for any of this. No, he's just like, what the fuck? Um, anyway, this, this whole show is maybe. Yeah, she also gives Tomas crap for not depositing her, like, six-figure check. Donation. Her deal with the devil check. Her blood money. Yeah. Her blood money. (laughs) But yeah, Tomas agrees to deposit it. Yeah. And then we switch to Cherry and Lester Rigo. Yes. After a brief... The tour guides. Yeah. We do a brief stop to make... To see that uh, Casey is being intubated. 
Yeah. Um, because yeah. she's not retaining it. And then we just move on to Cherry yeah. and Lester. I love them. I love that her name is Cherry. Yeah. Also, I love the fact she's like, yeah, I'm... I met him, they met each other at the University of Chicago, she was anthropology, he was div, you know, they met each other at, like, a lecture or something, she made eyes at him across the room. (laughs) Love it. And then they, like, have this little thing, like, they have this side, like, God bless my mobile home. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like, they live in this trash mobile home, and you're like, these hugely educated people with their, like, tour bus. Too real. It's so... It's hysterical, and I love it. Um, Anyway, they are trying to figure out who Marcus is, an exorcist with a gun, um, and just kind of talking why he's there. Um, And Lester Mm -hmm. is just kind of like, so if you're an exorcist, you've noticed the surge, right? And they start talking about the surge of evil and murder. Right, and uh, this is when the, the quote of how... You know, because Marcus asks the question, you know, why Chicago? Why is this surge of evil happening here? And Lester explains, well, well, East evil, not Easter, evil (laughs) is a movable feast. The true fact you can have Easter everywhere. (laughs) If you want, you know, it is. Yeah, just saying. Um, But yeah, so it's talking about how, you know, homicide, you know, is a good indicator. Their homicide rates are up. Um, and how whenever you have, you know, deeply ingrained pro- poverty, it invites a culture of violence that, you know... Perpetuates and spreads like a virus. Yes. And yeah. it's a place where so it could evil can basically breathe. be anywhere. Yeah, it really could. And that's the point. Um, but Cherry also um, goes back to the question about... The ritual... Killings. Killings and the stuff. The Volcari Pulveri. Yeah, she recognizes that. Okay, word. she recognizes... Not only she recognizes, she says she saw it because a professor showed her. And he's like, did her professor murder somebody? I know. What What does academia come to that we murder someone to, like, show you a demonic summoning <laughs> ritual? Right? Like, because she's like, you yeah, Chicago is a fucked up place. Yeah, she's like, it's the ceremony of ash. And, like, yeah, I've totally seen one before. You're just like, um, okay, University of Chicago, I'll keep that in mind. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. I actually applied there. Really? Yeah, I applied early action, but I got um, put in the regular decision pool. But I had lots of fun applying. They have, like, a lot of weird, like, extra essays you can write. Oh, that's cool. I really enjoyed it. Cool. Good to know. That was a long time ago, though. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, yeah, and and he's just kind of looking at, like, I forget why he was looking at the newspaper, but he saw another ad for because they had the a they had a whole folder of like newspaper clippings. Oh, of to all prove the... how like the surge was happening. Okay, yeah, and he yeah. he definitely included, and that's when he's like, "Hey, what do you know about Tattersall landscaping?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> dun dun dun. Then we switch. Oh yeah, actually pause because. This is a good place as any to go back because okay. the two middle scenes that we just skipped over was Jessica showing up at Tomas's front door mm-hmm. because her husband was cheating on her. Was cheating on her, um, sending emojis <laughs> like a thirteen-year-old. I'm like, leave me and my gratuitous use of emojis alone, Jessica. Do you know what? I only downloaded the emojis keyboard because my Nana and her (laughs) 
sisters, aka my great aunts, were using the emoji <laughs> keyboard, and I wasn't, and I Amazing. felt embarrassed that I didn't know. Yeah. So I don't really think it's a 13-year-old thing. Okay? To be fair, your family members probably aren't, like, repeatedly using the eggplant emoji. They might, just not for the reasons why everyone else is using it. <laughs> You're like, I went to the farmer's market today. Can you guess what I got? No. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, yeah. But he invites her to stay the night um, because she says she, you know, she can't go back there. I can't believe my husband was cheating on me when I've been torturing myself over our letters for all this time. He's just Calm like, down. how about how about you take the bed? And Regency I'll ass the couch. romance, like, right. is not the same thing. It's true. As his like, texting booty calls. <laughs> I wish that I cared more about Tomas and Jessica because, like, it's got like that. No, no, you take the bed trope. Like, there's all this like pining business, like where you know they're having a bedroom talk later, and Tomas is just talking about how he's like struggling to do the right thing and he's decided he's gonna break orders and you know do things that don't follow the rules and Jessica's just like hey are there any other lines you're hoping on crossing or you Speaking know of wink crossing. wink yeah. like and he's just like oh I know exactly what you're talking about and right now I am thinking about that good face. job good job yeah um my next note is, were the demon's teeth this gross before? No. Okay. So no. So there's that... another... Uh-huh. There's another moment of the demon showing up in his gross frayed suit and his icky, icky teeth. Yeah. Because he, like, shows up and Casey's intubated and she's laying there and, you know, he just starts sitting on her chest making it hard to breathe. And, yeah, it's definitely... Uh, he is getting grosser and grosser every time we see him. Yeah, you mentioned that last time, I think. Yeah, and by this point... This it's time, dang. his, like, teeth are so nasty. It's just like, like, oh... You're like, ooh, I want to go to the dentist now. Yeah, I'm always <laughs> like, oh, yeah, I need to call the dentist. <laughs> Let's set up an appointment. Okay. Thanks, uh, the exorcist. <laughs> you just gave me nightmares. Yeah. Um, if I'm possessed, my teeth will be fucked up. You know, teeth nightmares are very common. Really? Yeah, I have them all the time. Mm. It's like a, it's like an extreme, like, anxiety thing. Like, a lot of people with, like, anxiety have nightmares about their teeth. Mm Mm-hmm. Sometimes mine fall out, but then there are more teeth underneath, like a shark. Oh. Yeah. And a lot of times in my dreams, I'll just reach in my, like, mouth and pull out a tooth. I don't know why. That's awful. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay, we're gonna schedule a, let's go to the dentist next week. Unfortunately, going to the dentist does not make those creepy dreams go away, but no. it will definitely help. But yeah, it will, it'll help. Okay. <laughs> I am due for a cleaning anyway. Okay, uh, but yeah, they wake up in the morning, or Tomas wakes up in the morning, Jessica's gone, she's got left a note on the bed, well, she made the bed, which I appreciate, um, but she left a note, and she's like, you know, thank you for being stronger than me. Which he was just like, ha, yeah, no. right. Hi. <laughs> He's just kind of like, nope, I had a boner all night long. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's awkward. Oh, it's so um, awkward. Then we switch to like Marcus again, right? Yeah. And there, he talks about the nuns, the fact that the nuns are growing. Oh, no, he's talking to Mother Bernadette. Right. So he. The he, clock has to count down to yes. her hour well, of respite. 
first the young Len brings him in and she like roasts him for, for not, not having, having a shower. shower. Yeah. <laughs> and I like if I didn't know better, I'd think you were flirting. And she's like, good thing you know better then. <laughs> Telling you your ass stinks. <laughs> Damn. Guns um, are mean. Yeah. And then uh, I love Mother Bernadette, like, because it's oh, the first too. time that, like, she talks, and she immediately leads with, like, so, a priest walks into a happy. I haven't worked out the punchline yet. And you're just like, I love her. True. And I ship it immediately. <laughs> she kind of reminds me, like, sorry, like, her whole, like, speech kind of felt a little Edna mode, like, mm-hmm. pull yourself together, woman! Yeah. 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 I kind of felt like those vibes, even if she's quite different from Edna. Right. Um, but yeah. Uh, she basically tells him to get over himself. Mm-hmm. Um, because... Uh, he points out the nuns are growing belladonna. He's yeah, like, what's was... He asks about her wounds. She mm-hmm. says, we tried growing aloe vera to take care of it, but they don't do well in the Midwestern climate, so get a freaking hothouse, you Goobuses. Right. Like, like come on. exist. Do you know you can grow aloe vera, like, on your counter inside, right? Like, that's not how this works. Honestly. So they garden. Anyway. They're not good at gardening. Yeah, the nuns aren't terribly good at gardening anything except poison death plants. Yes. For really hard cases, because, of course, nuns get to decide when, whether or not you get to die because you're too possessed. Yes. That's not frightening at all. I know. And it's so funny because, like, they're kind of arguing later, I mean, you know, Marcus shares about his, like, spiritual impotence, and it's, it's been a year and a half, the last one. <laughs> I was just sitting there like, okay, Marcus, we get it. You can't get it up. <laughs> yeah, well, you can't get it up. Um, and she's just kind of like, okay, and, like... So, do it again, like, what... Yeah. He's like, like, but I got... Ex- river. I got uh, excommunicated, and she's just like, what do these have to do? Like, she's like, what is the collar? What is the thing on my head? The wimple, thank you, have to oh. do with it. Like, that doesn't provide our power. Get back on the fucking bicycle. You know, but it's so funny, because he's like, well, it kind of, I mean, it a little bit does. And, and she's, she's like, well, that's just ego. And I'm like, how are you Catholic? <laughs> I don't know. Mother Bernadette. But she's just kind of like... Um, That's what I'm saying. This yeah. like whole show, like even the people, like even the people who we want to root for, who are Catholic, like reject fundamental, like Catholic, like things. Catholic things in a way yeah. that I find deeply fascinating. Yes, because again, it's like, but yeah, actually, the whole point is that them having the collar or the wimple <laughs> and not being excommunicated of all things gives them that power. Otherwise, right. anyone would do it. I just, I kind of love it, because it, it definitely gives this, like, sort of wild, wild west feel, like, of, yeah, I'm Catholic, but I don't give a shit. Which, honestly, that's the most Catholic thing. It like, really, every, I mean, it is amongst lay people. <laughs> yeah. But usually those people, like, don't be priests, right? You would think. Or the ones who do become priests are really good at hiding it in front of, like, their superiors. That's true. But then, like, they're completely just like, okay, great. Your back is turned. I'm going to do what I want. Why don't you just make reforms and then fix the... You know what? That's what got us Protestants. <laughs> Never mind. Um, so Yeah, but she also kind of gives him shit for his style of um, of exorcism, like the coerce and compa- compel. Com- yeah, coercion take. and 
compelling. Yeah, versus like, oh, her the softer, more feminine, feminine yeah, approach. The patience and compassion. Um, and hey, like, since you suck at it lately, you might as well try it. <laughs> yeah. Get your fair. ego out of here. <laughs> I really love her because she just doesn't care. Just, she's just like, step it up. Just, just come and show up at my next exorcism. And, uh, do it my way, buddy. I'm gonna just announce something really quick. Uh-huh. Um, I got a little, like, notification on my phone. And mm-hmm. my Facebook status was, snow days are fine when you don't have to be outside for them. And one of my rabbis replied, amen. Amen. <laughs> Adorable. Uh, Hilarious. Oh, man. I just needed to stop for a rabbi commentary real quick. I appreciate it. It's good. It's good. Too many priests in this, uh... In this... Business. In this business. I need more rabbis. Um, yeah, so <laughs> this becomes the point when Kat finds out that Angela wants to do an exorcism on Casey now. She's just like, she want to do a what now? <laughs> no. Yeah, she's pissed. Like, she storms off. She's like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, she needs real, like, She needs specialists. Yeah. Honestly, I would think the same thing, too. Yeah, me too. Um, Hello, kitty cat. Hi, lady. Hello, baby. Kitty's here. We took off her ring-a-ding-ding collar a while ago, so she'd be oh, less we, distracting. Yeah. We had to, like, stalk her and then take off the little bell. <laughs> like, the little creepy. With the little like, creepy the abyss. open hands abyss. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the only way to catch her. She's hiding behind me right she now. She is. It's kind of adorable. It is. Um, and then we go back to Marcus trying with the compassion approach of exorcism in the circle of chanting nuns. Um, he sucks at it. He immediately, like, this first time he gets knocked on his ass, goes back to the power of Christ compels you. With Mother Bernadette's sort of, like, looking at him, like, really? This is what you're gonna do? Uh, he goes back to trying to do the whole, you are loved. Yeah, and you he just wanted. grabs him. And, like, it's kind of funny because it's just, like, this, like, chokehold hug. Okay, right now, my cat, Lyra, is sitting on my notes. Lyra! It's Baby so girl. rude. Anyway, um, my next oh, note... There she, there she goes. My next note was that um, in this moment that Marcus is actually talking to himself. Yeah, as he hugs him, like, this bear hug, and he's, like, talking about redemption and forgiveness, and he just starts to get emotional. Yeah. He's so sad. He's talking about himself, you guys. Oh, he is still love. Yeah. He, his, his worth isn't defined by his impotence. God. You know, I feel like, oh, we, we skipped the part where Mother Bernadette is like, time for you to join us mere mortals who can fail then. <laughs> right? Like, she's so done with, like, how egotist, like, how overly confident and cocky he is in his, like, yeah. own ability to, like, perform exorcisms. The fact that he is so reliant on the idea of him being able to do this. Mm-hmm. It, it's what he's constructed his entire identity around. Which, I mean, when you consider um, that that's basically what he was raised to do, it makes sense. But anyway, um, so, yeah, it, it definitely, it works is the thing. Like, yeah. the, the possessed man comes back to himself, and Marcus just kind of has to sit there for a minute, like, having some emotions, mm-hmm. because... 
it worked. And it worked. he has to... And he's been excommunicated, which is a weird thing to have happen. Yes, absolutely. Um, the fact that he's been excommunicated and his, uh... Mm-hmm. Sorry, I got distracted. <laughs> yeah. The fact that he got excommunicated and he's still able to, like, have any kind of spiritual authority and or power that works without the Catholic Church's say-so kind of... Is a big deal. It's a big deal because it diminishes the purpose of actually having a Catholic Church to begin with. Right, because it's all about the structure of it. I think that's interesting because I was reading... Um, in that, in the opening to that book I was mentioning earlier about how sacrament, or, or sorry, how exorcism, there we go, exorcism, you know, is originally intended as a sort of sacrament, and how it's now become a, especially in popular culture, and even sometimes in, within exorcisms as they exist uh, today, today uh, as a demonstration of power, which, I mean, you know, the power of Christ compels you, blah, 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 mm-hmm. you know, versus a more, I don't know, when, when I feel, when I hear sacrament, my idea of it is always, it's supposed to bring you in. You know, it's like a bringing into the community or a reification. Yeah, I guess reific- it's, a com- it's a community ritual. Exactly. Like, it's something that is supposed to, in a lot of ways, reinforce membership in the community. Yes, exactly. Um, which, you know, the nuns, that's what it, it's more based what they're upon. doing. Yeah. yeah. That's interesting because um, I know when I started converting to Judaism, one of the first things that I think clicked a lot for me was that in, in Judaism today, uh, most people call, uh, like, refer to life cycle rituals. Okay. Um, and they just call it a ritual, but it's life cycle events, mm-hmm. like, say, uh, getting married or, yeah. you know, uh, a bris, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, those are life cycle rituals, and they are about being brought back into the community. And yeah. so that immediately made sense to me because, honestly, sacraments are more or less functionally similar, if that right. makes sense. They're not because- identical, but they perform aspects of being markers in someone's mm-hmm. life. Yeah, and it's funny because, I mean, what I just looked at the seven sacraments. Baptism, Eucharist, mm-hmm. confirmation, reconciliation, anointing of the six, marriage, and holy orders. Yeah. So, I mean, it's all death. Um, death. Last rites. Yeah, last rites. I don't know if that's... No, that's a sacrament. Really? Okay, so let yeah. me look again at another... Burial, right? Um, I don't think I'm crazy on this one. I'm pretty sure, like, last rites and burial are part of it. No. What do you mean, no? No, it's baptism, reconciliation, or confession. The what, where are you looking? What's your I, sauce, girl? <laughs> I've looked on Wikipedia. I'm now looking on, like, a Catholic website. Confirmation, uh, marriage, holy orders, and anointing of the sick. I don't think does, we'll, do last right does the last right just fall under anointing of the sick? It might because um, I feel like that's yeah, yeah because it can include the conferral of a special grace on the Christian experiencing the difficulties inherent in the condition of Hello, grave snow illness. Hello, snow remover. 
<laughs> Let me sort it. Okay, so it's the it's the uh, the conferral of a special grace on the Christian experiencing the difficulties inherent in the condition of grave illness or old age, according to the Catechism. Okay. Um, so uh, I failed Catholicism. <laughs> That's okay, though. Yeah, hey, look, it's a very common thing to Google. Our last rites of sacrament? <laughs> it is a set of sacraments. Boom! Given to people who are perceived to be near death. Boom! So, which include the anointing of the six, penance, and the Eucharist. So it's kind of, I guess it's kind of like a combination. Okay, where I it's understand. Like it gives, they, you go through these last couple sacraments and it's like a tradition or a Right, so last rites are three sacraments. Yes, combined. Combined at the end. Got right. it. So I wasn't crazy. That it, really did have like sacraments involved. Correct. It's a combination of sacraments for a certain purpose, but... Okay. It in itself is not a sacrament. It's just composed of sacraments. Which, yeah. You're like, same difference, but... All squares are rectangles. Not all rectangles are squares. That's fine. You know, what is a square? Me? Yes. Why? You're a square. That's rude. Anyway, um... Yeah, no, I think uh, the back to the whole exorcism being mm-hmm. is thought of like a sacrament thing, that's actually where we get baptism, because that's an mm-hmm. exorcism of original sin. Yeah. That's that actually, sense. I was looking, I was when I was looking online, someone mentioned that it was, that there are two types of exorcisms. The mm-hmm. first type is like a lesser, like you just, you baptize to cleanse someone of original sin and then mm-hmm. the second type is the type we think of when we're talking about this tv show which is where you drive out demons or whatever okay um which i think is interesting mm-hmm. i mean that must keep people pretty busy right like you gotta like exercise babies <laughs> <laughs> that just seems like <laughs> that just seems like it's not well planned out you know what i mean like why are humans so vulnerable that the very first thing you've got to do is, like, dunk them in holy water? I mean, here's the thing. It's like, that's such a... That's just not something... It's so Catholic. It, I it's know. Catholic, but it's not just Catholic. I mean, because, like, Episcopals do it. Do they? Like, yeah. Like, oh, when, okay, yeah. Catholic light. Yeah. That's so not... When, <laughs> listen. <laughs> We're talking about diet Catholics. Go on. Well, they do the the baby dunk. Well, the baby sprinkling. See, yeah, they I do sprinkle. Raised, yeah, see, like as a the Baptist, Eastern Orthodox, uh-huh. and like, and and those kind of like churches, uh-huh. the, the more like Slavic flavored. Mm-hmm. Those are the ones where you get those like YouTube videos of the like priest just like dunking the baby like rapidly <laughs> in the water. <laughs> like I'm just like you're gonna give that child shaken baby syndrome. Like calmed. No, literally. Like I, I, know, I know. I was. I was kind of horrified. I was like, I think you can do this a little more gently to an infant. Yeah. Um, Basically, it's just funny to me because there's this part of me, like, where I spent so much time being raised in a Baptist church that I'm just like, are we sure the sprinkles do anything? Like, did you do it right? Are you sure we don't need to fill up a pool of water in the back of the sanctuary, like, when you're seven and just have you dive in? Meanwhile, is your pool of sanctuary even clear, clean, natural waters, miss? <laughs> I gotta say, I had to, I had to dunk in this pool. Yeah, that was uh, 
naturally obtained water of a certain percentage. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it doesn't count as a mikvah. Amazing. Um, yeah, no, I uh, I think the sprinkling thing is supposed to work because it's holy water. And that makes sense. Y'all evangelicals apparently don't bless your water hard enough. You've got to use more of it. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's like it's like one of those, um, you know, like people who are really into homeopathy where they're like, uh, the less of something you have, the more powerful it is. And they're like, here's like, it's one one millionth of like an essence that you can take and that will cure you of everything, including hmm. cancer. Like that's kind of their theory or whatever. Similar principle, Maybe. I think. Maybe. Um, it could work. Yeah. So anyway, all that to say... Um, Something something Marcus. Oh <laughs> uh, no, I just I'm I'm yeah. still kind of stuck on the man. Babies have to be exercised all the time. Did you Hallelujah know Hallelujah Amen? Oh my god. <laughs> Honestly, if you've ever had to change a diaper, you're like, yeah, something about this thing is unclean. <laughs> so like maybe they're on the right track. Ever had to is deal the with original the sin just shitting in your pants? <laughs> Stay tuned for more. <laughs> Listen, blowouts are a big, big deal. I, yeah, I mean, they really are. They, those just go all the way up, like, <laughs> babies' backs, and that's just too much. Anyway, so moving on. Oh, no, I was going to say, did oh. you know that there's, like, an, in any Catholic diocese that there is um, supposed to be someone who can perform exorcisms? I did not know that. That is a thing, apparently, where they require... Um, like, every diocese, I think they require, every diocese has at least one person who is trained to be able to perform an exorcism. Yeah. Which it's, is, it's less than a thousand exorcists, like, globally. Globally, okay. But it's still a lot. Yeah, you're like, there is a significant number of people who are trained to deal with this, like, nonsense. And then there's all the Protestants and evangelicals who just aren't trained at all, but, like, but go for it you, anyways. All of us are like, yep, nope. We can do it. And like, who the fuck are you? Uh, Jesus said so. <laughs> Jesus said so. Like, how do you know, like, what qualifies you to be an exorcist? Being Christian. I, I mean. In that, in that. At least in, for Christianity, yes. But like, yeah. I just feel like there's something alarming about the fact that like, a, how do you know someone's actually possessed by a demon? And B, mm-hmm. how do you know someone is qualified enough to depossess them? Like, for anything, it's funny because, like, you know, there are people who ha- are supposedly, you know, have the gift of prophecy or the gift of healing um, or, or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, like, any kind of spiritual gift is supposed to be something that you can test and prove. Right. Um, and, it, and it's funny because, like, I was kind of thinking about with, you know, Tomas's issue was running up against the bishop, and they're like, well, we haven't done, like, the necessary testing and proving, like, send that girl to a psychiatrist. Yeah. You know, um, but at the same time, on the other hand, you would think that there should be a series of tests and, and expectations that, hey, if you're saying this can happen, like, then we should be able to verify that what you said comes true. If you said that this person's healed, then they should no longer be, like... Bro, like not broken, but not broken. <laughs> you know. I'm just, I'm just thinking like a you broken leg. You are Like you know, they have a broken leg. If they go to the doctor the next day, they were like, "Yeah, it's gonna take you six weeks to heal." But I go in tomorrow, and they're like, "What the fuck? Your bone is fine. What's wrong with our machine?" Um, then that would be right. But that'll never happen. See, I think yeah. that that's because those are 
I mean, generally speaking, in any given snake oil mm-hmm. creature setting, those mm-hmm. people are planted in the audience. Right. And were never actually injured to begin with. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, there's minor maladies that are mm-hmm. picked up on that are going to heal up in, like, a day anyways. Yeah. Or whatever. And so it just becomes, like, an issue of, like, you can't... It's it's not something really verifiable. It isn't verifiable, well. but there's also the fact that, like, you can absolutely have a psychotic break mm-hmm. and then come back to reality and seem fine, but still yeah. have, like, a mental illness and a problem yep. that isn't being treated because people thought they drove the demons out of you, and that's really stupid. Like, that's yeah. dangerous, and it's, it's bad. And I think that's part of why, like... Um, this happened a little earlier, but there was a, a scene where Marcus, not Marcus, where Tomas is shown opening up the Sacra Christi book yeah. on exorcisms, mm-hmm. um, and he's going through it, and that's actually the title of the 1999 updated, like, exorcist ritual, mm-hmm. uh, which got some additional, like, little minor tweaks in 2004, but the major, like, revamping of the entire thing which the last time it was published was, like, the, the last time it was written out like that was, like, the 1600s. Oh, my God. So, <laughs> I think we made a couple scientific advancements. We made a few advancements, and one, <laughs> that's why, like, now they're currently, like, you know, maybe talk to a psychiatrist. Make sure yeah. that they're not actually just, you know, ill mm-hmm. and yeah. need help. And then right. they, like, list out the, like, symptoms that suggest that they're not merely mentally ill. Yeah. Which are all fascinating because... They're equally all symptoms that could be symptoms of being mentally ill or on right. drugs. So it's just kind of like, I... What correlation? What's the causation? Like, like, they'll say, like, oh, like, people speaking in languages they don't know and, like, foreign languages. And mm-hmm. you're just like, actually, that's been documented, like, as a, as a thing. Like, sometimes people hit their head and just start speaking in another language and you have no idea why. That's you crazy. Know? Or um, one is, like, supernatural, like, feats of human strength. But, like, there are plenty of people who have, like, psychotic breaks and suddenly are really, really strong, and there was that guy in Florida who, like, snapped and, like, killed two people, like, in their garage. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and everyone thought he was on... no, somebody gets random murders. I really like true crime. Leave me alone. So people thought he he was on bath salts. Oh my god. Okay, but he wasn't. Uh They tested him almost immediately, because everyone assumed, like, you snap and you kill two people, and, like, the police, like, came up and, like, Mm -hmm. could not get this guy, like, subdued at all. Yeah. Of course, you know, they tried to subdue him instead of murder him because he was a white guy. But the the point being, like, they tried really hard, but he, like, really just had, like, enormous amounts of strength. So they're like, he must be on drugs. He yeah. must be on drugs. But he they wasn't. tested him. There was nothing in his system. That's crazy. And, you know, like, if you're that badly gone, like, mm-hmm. if you were high at the time, the drugs are still going to be there when you get to the hospital. You yeah, know, it's not no, just going to leave not, your system. Yeah. So it was not bath salts. It was like he had, like, some kind of mental break and just started attacking people. Um, but yeah. but he had, like, an insane amount of strength that shouldn't have, like, there was, like, three or four people trying to, like, get him down and a dog. And it, you know, it took all that to get to him really subdued. To really get him subdued. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah, so who knows? Like, I, I think it's, it's a good question. And, um, I, I think when we talk about it that way, and then we look at how Tomas is willing to, you know, do this, it's, it's, it is an extreme situation. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's now, like, it's like you have to, sorry, 
It's like you have to believe in the demon that believes in you. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's funny because I don't think that Tomas would do it. It's because I think Angela is so convinced. Yeah. That he's so convinced. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so we'll move on from that. Um, so Casey is still resisting. Like, you know, the demon is still tormenting her. Mm-hmm. Um, when we next find her, she's in her bed. She's intubated. Yeah. The demon shows up, starts talking to her, and uh, this this spider, spider spider just crawls out of her nose, and she freaks out. and Yanks out her intubation, too. Yeah. That's which intense. Uh, that's not good for you, man. It's that's really down to her. Not like that. That cannot be fun. But you have to figure she's probably in so much pain, like from being tormented right, but already. Like, but that's just ugh. Yeah, because that's all the way down. Yeah. I know. <laughs> Empathy response is happening. News at eleven. Um, yeah. But um, the nurse, the nice black nurse, comes in again mm-hmm. um, to try and get her fixed up again and the demon like grabs the nurse by her like crucifix necklace i don't know if it's a was it a crucifix it was a, or crucifix. Was it a cross it was a crucifix okay by her by that and just starts like holding her up and like you know i'm not going to let her go like only you can stop this casey if you say yes i'm honestly mad that that crucifix necklace did nothing <laughs> I'm sorry, but there should be some sort of, like, transitive property that exists that if you're wearing, like, a crucifix necklace, the entire necklace is part of the crucifix now. Like, why can the demon just, like, touch the crucifix chain? Like, wh- why isn't the crucifix, like, transforming? There should be, like, trans- a, a, a transitive sort of bubble properties. Yeah, just at least on the necklace part. Like, how is he grabbing the necklace and then choking her with it? That's just, Jesus, take care of your life writers square up i don't know no i'm not really mad at the writers i'm just kind of yeah. like meh i feel like it should have more intention but yeah i guess i get it it's scary though yeah because i wonder if it's just when they're inhabiting a human or like actively like when they have a physical body yeah that it has that impact because you know like you see like the physical reactions but i don't think that when they're separate that they have the same Repulsion. Hmm. I wonder if that could be it. It could be. I mean, like, yeah. But then, then what? Okay. But then my question becomes: If they only have to have a physical body for wards, quote unquote, to work on them, does that not mean that nothing works? Truly, I don't know. They're because, like, right? Because, like, the the whole point of like, say, like, holy water at the like door of the church is mm-hmm. so that you like cover yourself in holy water as you go in to like cleanse yourself or whatever. I don't know, yeah. actually know if that's a point, but I I see that as a potential point. You would think, but you know, like Casey's been dealing with this. Like I remember back earlier when she was walked was serving food at the church. You know, she was there. Mm-hmm. The other like possessed homeless guy recognized something still in her so it's not like she walks into the i mean we're assuming she did the the crossing right 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 right. but there it doesn't necessarily kick them out and maybe they're weaker in those places but but that homeless guy also wasn't um uh he didn't have the two pupil things when he was in the church when he was in the church so i think it's maybe maybe they're less strong but they still have the ability because you can be they possessed can and walk in, place. but you're not, like, 
able, like, you can't be, um, what's the Manifesting? Word? Manifesting, yeah. Maybe. You can be well, manifesting. I don't know, that? but they, they got her to manifest in Tomas's office in the church. Oh, yeah. So, I don't think, yeah, I don't know. Well, there's just no hope for demons now, is there? <laughs> you get possessed, you're screwed. Don't this say is, yes. This is the problem. All of the all of the things aren't helping them. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, so the demon is basically blackmailing Casey into saying yes, and she finally is just like, okay, okay, fine, whatever you want. And then Angela rushes in. And then but yeah, and so he makes this creepy approach, but Angela rushes in and disrupts the uh, handhold, the handhold acceptance, which thank goodness. Um, and I, I find it interesting that the I, I guess there's something going on like where it, it's enough for the consent to be coerced. Yeah, you know, it's by technical, I guess demon contract standards. Well, I mean, that has to be the way, right? Yeah. Because all demon contracts are co- coercive. That's yeah. literally the whole point. Deal with the devil right. situation. Yeah. It is a coerced sort of thing. Yeah. Fortunately, um, the nurse survives. Thank goodness. And, Thank goodness. Um, she didn't deserve this. She, she was really so didn't. nice. She was so nice. So sweet. She, like, genuinely seemed to care. Um, or, or, you know, she was a good nurse. Yeah. Like, Good yeah. projection, good energies. Um, Casey gets released because hospital didn't follow procedure correctly. And, and Angela threatens to sue them. And I don't know why the police didn't step in and be like, um, that's nice, but we put her on a psychiatric hold, so we're going to sue everybody. I don't know. I, I, I guess there's some sort of discretion there. Man. Um, and then we get back to... Um, Marcus and Tomas reunited again. Conversation, yes, with the whole "I need you." Oh my gosh, yeah, like because Tomas is all yes. I am gonna go through with this. I'm sure. Um, I'm gonna do this exorcism, and he's like, "Well, if you're gonna," Marcus is like, "If you're gonna do the exorcism, why haven't you yet? Like, what are you waiting for?" Tomas is like, "You, I need need you." you." Like, oh, come on, guys. This is so dramatic and we love it. I know, right? You're just like, yes. I'm, like, y'all barely know each other, but you're already like, yes, we're in this together. All in this together. I don't actually know any of the other lines from that because I don't love High School Musical nearly as much as you do. Son, we can make it. Okay. Um, (laughs) Then the next scene is a start getting to work by don't mess with my nice markers like that sorry okay she's fidgeting with my like art markers those are tombos give that back um and yeah so they start renovating her room basically yeah i mean you see henry take her like awards and medals and stuff and put them up in the attic yeah they start boarding up the windows putting in like pillows Pillows. so that way if glass breaks it can't fly everywhere and probably to muffle sound as well there's Um, lots of duct tape lots of duct tape cat is very unhappy she's gonna go lock herself in a room because she's pissed this is happening and she doesn't realize you can call cps i guess like two priests try to figure out the best way to chain your like young sister to the floor, right? Like you that's see, not creepy. You see, like a long ass chain and like cuffs, and you just gotta be like, mm, 
no, Here's no. child protective services. You would think, right? So just, just an FYI, in real life, if someone starts bringing out, like, a chain for a small, te- like, young a girl, a teenage yeah. girl, and it's like, we're going to chain her to the floor, that's when you call CPS. Yeah, like, something's happening here. Something's and- wrong. There's mattresses on the wall and on the floor. We, we need help. Off-screen scene here that happened that clearly mm-hmm. I would have loved to have seen, and okay. I demand um, this fanfic. Right, so instead of Redwall, Instead of Redwall, uh, add us with this. I want the entire fanfic of Marcus and Tomas going to the local BDSM shop and figuring out what the best way is to chain down said small teenager oh who's possessed by a demon. <laughs> Like, please. The cover is that they're looking for themselves. Yeah, oh, of course. And you know, you know like, he previously, like, wasn't wearing his collar. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Tomas definitely walked in there and still looked like he's a Catholic priest, okay? Right. Like, he's they're just, just going around. Vibe. He's got that vibe. He's so clean and shiny and looks nice. Mm-hmm. And honestly, just picture these two walking into a BDSM shop. And go, where are the steel chains, please? Yeah. We need shackles that are padded, preferably. <laughs> yeah. Like, would you like some leather with that? No, no, no. Just steel. No, no, no. Just, just steel. This is what we need. <laughs> Iron, maybe, might help also. And, and I know, like, I love this, but also I'm just like, oh, but Casey, No. <laughs> Why didn't they get a ball gag? We truly oh, must know. Oh, my God. Um, and then, you know, on the way out, the, like, you know, on the way out, the, like, cashier definitely, like, looks at Tomas and, like, slips him the flyer to the local, like, sex dungeon's next party. <laughs> you look like what we need here. You look like what we need. We've been looking for more of your type. Yeah. You know, the nice, good boy. Later, Marcus is going to find this flyer, and he's just going to be like... You you planning to to, to, to be somewhere? To, you got someplace else to be? Like we're not doing some work here? Like Tomas is just like I, you need I'm to tell me these things because if I don't find out first, the demons, demons will, will find out. <laughs> we need down. to be on the same page. Yeah, Tomas just kind of opens up the floor, sinks into it. It's fine. This is now my like new thing for every episode of this podcast. Is just to like remind you of the scene that absolutely had to have happened but mm-hmm. wasn't on screen. So yeah. last time it was Marcus at the cookout, and this time it's Marcus and Tomas going down to the local sex shop. Yes. Asking for some chains. But it explains again no whips. why <laughs> this time. Um it explains why Tomas is not wearing his collar later, and why he has to ask Marcus to help him put it on. Yeah. Because he just suddenly forgot how. Uh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. I wonder if they do it, like, I wonder if it's, like, one of those things where, like, you know how, like, girls put on bras one of two ways, right? Mm-hmm. Like, some girls are magic and can, like, do their bra up behind their back. Yeah. And other girls, like, just have to, like, you know, you hook your bra in front of you, and then you twist the entire thing around, and then, you put, and then you put it on. You gotta do yeah. that with a collar, right? That's what I figured they do. Yeah. Instead See, of homoerotically ask their, like, guy pal to do it for them. Yeah. I don't know. So I can get it on behind my back, but not if I have the straps on. I have to, like, do the straps last even when it's Well, fine. do you do it, like, low down? Maybe. That might be why. Because if you don't do it, like, where it's supposed to end up, like, mm-hmm. if you do it where it's supposed to end up, then you're truly magical. But if you do it, like, way down here, that's not that special. Um, I don't know. Anyway. I mean, it's like, anyway, we'll, we'll discuss my <laughs> boob traps later. Yep. I guess. <coughs> anyway. <laughs> why are we going to be discussing your boob traps later? <laughs> I don't know. Basically. 
not on record. Today, today I realized I sl- uh, I put on a crop top because um, we're just hanging around the house. It's snow day, mm-hmm. and I realized that I put it on backwards, and that's oh. why I felt like I kept was like about to fall out every five <laughs> seconds. I was like, why is this neckline suddenly so low? That and then I realized why. I put it on backwards because I cut job. out the tag. And- <laughs> Amazing. Then I just turned it around. (laughs) Um, All right. Anyway, then they chain her up, and the, like, ending cut is her running at the camera and looking all scary. I don't know how they got her in there, but that's okay. Uh, Maybe she was still asleep. Sedatives? Sedatives. It's got to be sedatives. Horse tranquilizers? (laughs) God. Yeah, I feel like um, Marcus would have some of those on stock. It's Honestly. just what he does. Yeah. I, I don't know. Oh, I bet you they used, um, what's it? <clears throat> oh, with the... Chloroform. Chloroform, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that man, that's... Why do these priests have this much stuff? <laughs> well... Why did Kat not call CPS? Right. That's um, now the name of this podcast. Why did Kat not call CPS? <laughs> Honey, calls CPS. The, the number the number that you could use if, if if you can't Google it just just it's it's really simple nine one one. You got this, girl. I believe in you. I believe in you. Anyway, so anyway, that I think that wraps up this episode. Next episode, we get into the exorcism bit of the Exorcist. Yeah. Um. That's pretty much it. Uh, if you want to find us on Twitter, that's at CastOutPod, I think, right? CastOutPod as opposed to podcast. Listen, if you Google us, it's findable. Um, we're also okay. like cast-out.pinecast.co. Um, that's our website. And then we have a Tumblr now that I need to update at some point. That's just CastOutPodcast. Uh, all one word. Cool. We're Find findable. Us. Find us. Um, thanks to Holly Golightly and the Brokoffs for our theme music, mm-hmm. which is off the free <laughs> music internet archive, so please, we can't be sued. That's why I chose it. <laughs> it's Yay. called Devil Do. It's okay. I don't, have the, I don't have that kind of money. We're not making money off of this. Well, actually, if you want to give us money, there yeah. are ways. There are links on um, Tumblr and our website, which I already just named. So hit us up if you would like to give us money, because this does cost money to make, unfortunately. Yes, it does. Um, And that's it. So see you next time, and don't go into the attic. Really, just don't do it. Bye. (laughs) Bye.